0: Welcome to Scuba Shack Radio, Episode 16, recorded Sunday, October 6th, 2019. Hi, everyone, and thanks for listening to this latest episode of Scuba Shack Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Turpino. Well, October is here, and it's hard to believe that we're winding down our dive season here in New England. But before we do that, there's one more trip. Monty will be taking a group up to uh, Cape Ann, Massachusetts, which is just off of Gloucester, where they'll be doing a couple of dives on the wreck of the Chester Poling, which was a freighter that had uh, gone down in 1977, I believe. Then, we're off to Little Cayman for a great week of diving. We have a large group going down there, and we're really looking forward to getting to Little Cayman and diving with uh, the uh, Reef Resort down there. Hard to believe that 2019 is almost in the rearview mirror from a dive season perspective, but uh, there's still a lot going on. Also, in this episode, I'm going to be introducing a new segment, and the new segment is called Your Next Dive, so stay tuned for more. previous episodes of Scuba Shack Radio, I talked about where we would be going over the next few uh, months, and one of those places was DEMA. And it occurred to me that I might want to talk a little bit about just what is DEMA. DEMA stands for the Dive Equipment and Marketing Association, and oftentimes DEMA is confused with the DEMA show. So I thought I'd talk a little bit first about the association and then the show. So DEMA is a trade association for the international scuba diving industry, and it has more than 1,400 member businesses. Now, Scuba Shack is one of the the DEMA member businesses. DEMA has a mission, and that mission is to bring all businesses together to grow the diving industry worldwide. If you go out and you look on their website, DEMA.org, you can find out a little bit more about DEMA their strategic goals, of which they have four, their strategic objectives, of which they have five, and then their tactical goals. And there's uh, nine tactical goals that they put out there. First, I'm going to talk a little bit about some of those tactical goals, just so you can see uh, how DEMA operates. One of those goals is to engage in activities which promote the health of aquatic resources while protecting diving access to those resources. The second one is provide retail operational data, so you can go out there if you're a member and get a lot of information about the dive industry. Another tactical goal is to dedicate resources to preventing potential legislation which could adversely affect the industry. And If you read their annual report, you can see a lot of the different activities that they're doing there in support of the scuba dive industry. In the area of research, which is another tactical goal, uh, they define the diver's universe, the rates of diver erosion, the number of entry-level certifications, and try to get information from uh, global data. Now, uh, one of their other um, tactical goals is to produce an annual trade event for the industry which serves the needs of its stakeholders and produces a successful financial outcome for the association. That's the DEMA show, and it's used interchangeably. DEMA, DEMA show uh, are used interchangeably. Now, the first DEMA show was held in 1977, believe it or not, and it was the Sheraton Four Ambassador Hotel in Miami Beach. And since that time, the show's been uh, done in New Orleans, Las Vegas, San Antonio, Orlando, Houston, and Anaheim. Right now, the show looks like for the next few years, it's going to rotate between uh, Orlando, Las Vegas, and New Orleans. The... um, January, it was usually held in, in the January timeframe from when it started up until about 2001, and then it moved for a few years into the October timeframe. And since then, uh, since 2010, it's been held in November. Now, some of the statistics about the show um, in 2013, since 2013, there have been over 9,000 attendees uh, come to the event. And of those, about 6,000 of them uh, were registered, uh, verified or registered buyers. Uh, And in addition to that, a lot of dive industry professionals also attend the show. There's over 600 exhibitors at the show, and they have about 1,300 10 by 10 booths. Now, this year, the show will be held in Orlando, and it will run from November 13th to the 16th. There's estimated to be 275-plus educational sessions. They'll have a new product showcase, uh, new exhibitors. Uh, You get a chance to meet with all your dealers, get to talk to dive operators. Uh, We get to meet with our vendors face-to-face. And then there's also the things that you'll hear out there. We get to look at all the DEMA specials. And by looking at the DEMA specials, that helps us Uh, round out our planning for 2020. A little more information about DEMA, the Dive Equipment Marketing Association, and the DEMA show. If you've listened to this podcast or you've been able to read my weekly blog at Scuba Shack website, you'll know that I'm a firm believer in climate change. It's real. And climate change is really impacting uh, one of our tenets of our mission, which is to advocate for ocean health and sustainability. How much evidence do we need? Uh, Recently, on September 25th, 2019, The Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, or IPCC, accepted uh, the summary for policymakers titled, The Ocean and Cryosphere in a Changing Climate. And this was accepted during the 51st session of the IPCC, which was held in the Principality of Monaco. Now, there were 50-plus drafting authors of this summary uh, for policymakers, along with 15 contributing authors and these were uh, scientists and folks from all around the world. You can download the whole report on the IPCC website and it's it's about a thousand, well over 1000 pages when you see everything in there and all the evidence that uh, that supporting their uh, their summary. Now, what is the cryosphere? And the cryosphere is defined as the components of the Earth system at and below the land and ocean surfaces that are frozen, including snow cover, glaciers, ice sheets, ice shelves, icebergs, sea ice, lake ice, river ice, permafrost, and seasonally frozen ground. Now, when you look at it, the ocean comprises 71% of the Earth's surface, while the cryosphere is about 10% of the Earth. So, 81% is being affected by climate change dramatically. Now, the report also uh, has defined their confidence levels from very low to very high in their findings, and and then also their likelihood uh, that things will happen as they describe. Now, the report on the summary for policymakers is broken down into the three sections up front, which are the observed changes in impacts, uh, pro- projected changes in risks, and implementation Of responses to the ocean cryosphere. What I thought I'd do now is just read a couple of those observed changes in impact so you can get a flavor for what's in the report, and then you can go and download that report and really look at it uh, full on. So there are observed physical changes. A1 states, over the last decades, global warming has led to widespread shrinkage of the cryosphere with mass loss of ice sheets and glaciers, very high confidence, Reduction in snow cover, high confidence, and Arctic sea ice extent and thickness, very high confidence, and increased permafrost temperature, very high confidence. That's finding A1. A2. It is virtually certain that global oceans have warmed unabated since 1970 and has taken up more than 90% of the excess heat in the climate system. High confidence. Since 1993, the rate of ocean warming has more than doubled, likely. Marine heat waves are very likely doubled in frequency since 1982 and are increasing in intensity. Very high confidence. By absorbing more CO2, the ocean has undergone increased surface acidification, virtually certain. A loss of oxygen has occurred from the surface to 1,000 meters, medium confidence. That's just a flavor of a couple of the uh, observed changes and impacts. You can read more about them on the report, and it's uh, the findings talk about global mean sea level rise, the impacts on species in these areas, the impacts to people who live in these areas and along the coast and to the weather patterns. There's no doubt the planet is heating up, and we have to do something about it real soon. I originally thought about starting another podcast, and I was going to call it Your Next Dive. Well, the time to do another podcast is certainly a challenge for me. Things are very busy and there's not a lot of uh, spare time and running a podcast is really a commitment and takes a little bit of time to produce. So what I thought I'd do is include your next dive as a recurring segment on Scuba Shack Radio. And the idea here is that I would feature dive locations, either that our staff have picked or that we've experienced, or potentially um, locations and that our listeners have uh, gotten to us. And what we'll talk about are the dive operators that folks like, some of the dive sites at these uh, locations, uh, conditions, uh, and maybe things to do when you're not diving. So first up on your next dive is Maui. For many years, Donna, Matt, and I traveled out to Maui for our two-week vacation. And when we were out there, we stayed on Kahanapali Beach, which is in West Maui. And Kahanapali Beach is about 25 or so miles from Kahului, which is the main city in Maui, and it's in the central part of the island. From Kahanapali Beach, our favorite dive operator is Lahaina Divers. And We first started diving with Lahaina Divers in 2005, and our last dives with Lahaina Divers was in 2017, so we have about 12 years or so of diving with Lahaina Divers. Now, they've been around since 1978, so they're a very reputable uh, dive shop. One of the big things I like about uh, Lahaina Divers are their dive boats, They run two 46-foot Newton dive boats. And Newton dive boats are my favorite, especially the 46-foot boats. There's plenty of room on them. They're powerful. They ride nice. And they're easy to get on and off of. And they have two boats, the Dominion and the Dauntless. Another thing about Lahaina divers is their check-in time is at 7 a.m. So you're not getting up real early in the morning to try and get to a dive boat. Now, you check in at the dive shop, uh, which is only a short walk to Lahaina Harbor, where their boats are, are docked. Um, you will uh, give your dive gear to them, and they will bring it down to the boat and make sure it gets on the right boat for you. Again, very short walk down to the the boats. From Lahaina Harbor, uh, they do a lot of runs out to Lanai. Lanai is another one of the Hawaiian Islands, and it's about seven miles uh, from um Lahaina Harbor, and it takes about 45 minutes or so to get to. Uh, The dive sites out there, not to be missed, are First and Second Cathedral, which are lava domes that have gone underwater and have opened up. They're little like caverns that you can go in. Very impressive. Each one is a little bit different, and you have to experience it. There's also a nice uh, long swim through of a lava tube at Mampachi Cave, and then there's also dive sites like Sergeant Major and a few others. One of my favorite sites out there on Ophala is Monolith, which is a large pinnacle that sits out. It's a little bit deeper, but you can really get a great dive start at the bottom of the pinnacle and spiral your way up. Lahaina Divers also runs boats out to uh, Molokini, which is a crater uh, that has collapsed out there, a little uh, volcano crater that's collapsed. You can do it, dive the inside of the crater. They do a lot of snorkeling out there as well. You'll see a lot of snorkel boats. And then you could also do the back wall, which is a great drift drive. can get a little rough going out there, especially in the wintertime, but with the bigger uh, 46-foot Newtons, it makes the ride uh, reasonable. Another island that they visit is Molokai, and that's a little bit to the west as you go out from Lahaina Harbor. Uh, Again, about a 45- to 50-minute boat ride, maybe a little bit more. Uh, with the weather's a a little rougher, and they go out there mainly to look for hammerhead sharks. We weren't fortunate enough when we dove it. We've been out there three or four times to see the hammerheads, but there's a lot of uh, fish life. Things just look a little bit bigger out there because the dive sites haven't been, been dove as much as some of the other ones. Another dive that they do is the Carthaginian, which is the wreck of a replica whaling ship that was sat in Lahaina Harbor for many years and was finally taken by the Atlantis Submarine Company, and it sunk off of Olawalu in about 90 feet of water. So uh, you go on that wreck, and as you're on the wreck, the submarine comes around, so you can look at the people inside the submarine. The wrecks deteriorated over the years, but when we first dove, it was very, very impressive. Uh, but again, at 90 feet, it's a great wreck. Finally, one of the sites that they also take you to is a place called Mala Wharf. And Mala Wharf is just off of Lahaina, and it was a uh, a wharf that was built for commercial ships uh, many years ago. And when they built it, they used seawater to the, use the concrete. Well, that weakened the concrete. Ships came in and uh, demolished the pier. And now it's a pile of rubble that sits in about 20 or 25 feet of water. And on that, you can see a lot of stuff. We've had a lot of uh, frog fishing encounters while on there, a lot of turtles, as well as uh, nurse sharks swimming around the uh, Mala Wharf. If you're thinking about shore diving, the, the best shore dive I think that I've had on Maui is at a place called Black Rock, which is also on Kahana Pali Beach. It's at the Sheridan Hotel, and you can get there and do a great night dive as well from uh, uh, Black Rock. Now, in the winter, when we go on in February or January, February time frame, the water temperatures are between 75 and 77. So a five mil wetsuit for me is the best. I think uh, Donna's also wore her seven mil and uh, also a hood out there. So stay warm. It's not your your tropical uh, adventure like you get down in the Caribbean. Now, if you're down in Kihei uh, area, which is in South Maui, we have dove with Ed Robinson. They do it a little bit different. You have to get up pretty early in the morning to dive with them. Their boats come in and out of the water every day. But the nice thing about diving in South Maui is it's a shorter ride out to Molokini, and you also get to see some of the sites that you don't get to from, from West Maui. So that's the first installment of uh, Your Next Dive. Hope to hear from you about your cool places that you like to dive, and we'll feature them here on an upcoming um, segment of Scuba Shack Radio, Your Next Dive. thanks again, everybody, for listening to Scuba Shack Radio. Hope you enjoyed this latest episode. I'll be back again in a couple of weeks with another edition of Scuba Shack Radio uh, just before we head off for Little Cayman. Can't wait for that. Bye.